Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The moment you trust on Jesus Christ, guess what can't happen to you? You can't perish. It's impossible. You have everlasting life. Go over to verse number 18. The Bible says, uh, well, let's continue to read. Verse 17, for God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's God's will for all mankind to be saved. Then it says in verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. You believe on Jesus? I believed on Jesus. Guess what? There's no, guess what's not for us? No condemnation. But he that believeth not is condemned because the preacher was mean. (laughs) No, no, it's not like somebody says something to a lost person and they get insulted and they feel condemned. No, they're already condemned before you said anything to them. That uh, why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's a bad spot to be in. Verse eighteen. Or uh, uh, well, let's just stop right there. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. So not only in verse sixteen we cannot perish. That's contrasted with we have everlasting life. Verse eighteen. The contrast is. Who's condemned? Who's not condemned? Believe not. Condemned already. You believe in him, you're not condemned. So there's no condemnation for you at all. Go over to verse, uh, chapter 5. Let's look at verse number 24. Chapter 5, verse number 24. I know this might be old hat for you, but, um, you know, we've got a good bit of visitors coming in uh, and, it's good for you to know these verses because eternal security is something that uh, either a, a lot of folks don't know about, don't know enough about to believe it or not believe it. Others have been taught that you can lose your salvation. So it's important that we have these verses and just get them fresh in our mind by way of remembrance. And verse 24 says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on Him that sent me, here it is again, hath everlasting life and shall not, here it is again, come into condemnation, but is passed. Here we have another contrast from death and the life. So back in John 3, we contrasted uh, everlasting life and you can't perish. When you get down to verse 18, we contrasted condemnation, not no condemnation. Now when we get to John chapter 5, verse 24, there's an additional contrast of death and the life. We still have the everlasting life. We have the condemnation. And now we have the contrast of this passing from death unto life. And lost persons dead in their sins. Gospels hid them that are lost. They're lost. They're at they're enmity with God. They come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They pass from death to life. What type of life? It's everlasting life. What does that equate? There's no, there's no condemnation at all that can come upon a believer when we're talking about 
is eternal security. Everlasting. That means the moment you believe on Jesus Christ, from that moment forward, it don't end. That's everlasting life. You trust on Christ, that moment, right there, at that moment, and you just continue time all the way out till you think you can, your brain can go, and then it's going to go farther and farther and farther. That's everlasting. It lasts ever. <laughs> okay? John chapter 6, verse 37. Look at this. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Somebody comes to a false god, they got a problem. If somebody comes to the Jesus that they created in their own mind, because all, all um, franchised religions have a Jesus, by the way, that might not do them any good. You come to the God of the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ of the Bible, he is not going to cast you out. I will in no wise cast out. Nothing you can do to lose it. You can't. But there's some verses. I know there's some verses. And they seem to say, I know what they seem to say. But when you read the context of those verses, salvation isn't what is lost. Something else is lost. Christians can lose a lot of things. They can lose rewards. They can lose fellowship with other Christians. They can lose fellowship with a local assembly of believers. They can lose fellowship with God. So, yeah, you're right. Christians can lose things, but one of those things that they can't lose is their eternal life, Amen. eternal security, a basic doctrine that we all must get a hold of. Look at verse uh, John chapter 6, uh, verse 39. The Bible says, and this is the Father's will, which hath sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. The will of God the Father is that God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, should lose nothing. <laughs> That's God's will. So... I don't know what you've been taught. I don't know what verses you're on. You're in to come to the conclusion that you can lose your salvation, but God don't lose things. And God, the will of God, the father is that God, the son would not lose any of his. That's his will. Want to be in God's will. Okay. Then believe in eternal security and you're, you're in God's will. Amen. If you don't believe in eternal security, you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Now, if you want to argue that Christians can lose rewards, I don't have an argument for that. We can. If you want to, if you want to, well, Christians can lose fellowship and right down the line. I don't have an argument for that. Christians can lose some things. We can't lose our security, eternal, our eternal life. Can't lose it. Uh, let's go over to John 10. Oh, and get Deuteronomy 33. Deuteronomy 33. John 10, we'll flip over to. John 10, 28, John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never 
perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What type of life do you get? It's eternal. And guess what you can't do? Perish. Right back to John 3.16. The contrast we spoke about first. You have everlasting life. And it's contrasted with in him should not perish. You can't perish in Christ. You've got everlasting life. You can't perish in Christ. You've got eternal life. Now go over to Deuteronomy 33 verse 27. Watch this. As people say, well, which is it? Eternal life or everlasting life? That'd be both. Look, look, the eternal God, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. Look at this. This is good. The eternal God is thy refuge. You know what God is? One of his characteristics. That's right. It, he's an eternal God. And underneath are everlasting arms. You know what you get with God when you trust in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ? Not only do you get everlasting life, you can't be plucked out of his hand, hand, his hand and holds you in his everlasting arms, but he's an eternal God. And then it says in the end of verse 27, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. Goes on more talk about Israel, but you got an eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Everlasting life is this. You trust Christ. Somebody trusts Christ today. You witness to them. They get two things. The first thing they get, the moment they trust Christ, from that moment on, they have everlasting life. It goes on forever. That moment, on forever. You know what eternal life is? They trust Christ. Guess what they get? The eternal God. Guess where he goes? Not only forward, but he goes backwards. People talk about all this foundation of the world stuff. Well, guess what? You get in Christ, you've got, not only do you have everlasting life from here forward, you've got eternal life. That means it goes forward and it goes all the way back to eternity. People got to get a hold of this eternal thing. It's not like I trust Christ and now it's all forward. No, eternal goes backwards. We have an eternal God. It's not like somebody trusts God today and all of a sudden, he comes into existence. Maybe for them, it makes sense to them. God's eternal. Backwards, as much as far back as it is as far forward. I'm telling you, eternal life in Christ from the foundation of the world. Okay, you trust Christ and you're in Christ. Guess what you got? Eternal life from the foundation of the world. Amen. You're in Christ who's an eternal God. That's good. Everlasting and eternal. We get both. We get we get to double dip. That's our God. Let's go over to Romans chapter six. Romans six. All right. Verse number nine. Knowing that Christ. Being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Does it say that Christ cannot die? 
in that in those verses. Look, look at it again. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. We've got a resurrected Savior. That, that's a game changer. That's one of two things that makes true biblical Christianity completely different from every other Christian sect or cult or false religion. A resurrected God. Does it say that dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him? Or in that he died, he died on the sin once, but in that he liveth, he lived from the God. God can't die anymore. He offered up his son, one time sacrifice, that body of flesh. Christ died for our sins. And if you're in Christ, I'm in Christ, guess what can't happen to us? Body can. We're going to get a glorified body, but what dies is our body. Our soul's death for the law, or not our souls, but the lost person's death is separation. Their soul separated from God. But that soul doesn't cease to exist like the false cults teach. There's no annihilation. Something lives on. That's your soul. That's my soul. Before someone trusts Christ, their soul dead. It's, it's death. Well, it's separated from God. If you were to die, that soul would be in everlasting torment, damnation. We're in Christ. Not going to happen to us. All right, Romans 6, let's flip back there and let's get Acts 13. Romans 6. We get Acts 13. We're already in Romans 6. Let's go over to verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, here it is again, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is why, well, one, salvation is a gift. It's not a wage. You die in your sins. Lost person dies in their sins. They're going to have to pay up. And what they're going to find out is there's no government stimulus check. It's going to be enough to cover the debt. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people hurting. There's a lot of businesses hurting right now. And the government's giving out. They're not even printing free money. It's just showing up electronically in people's accounts. Stimulus checks and all the rest of it. And it's enough to get people by. You die without Christ, you are not going to have enough. There's nothing that's going to show up on your account that says, well, here's 20,000 good works. <laughs> Sorry, you still fall short. We'll give you, you're going <laughs> to. You talk to one of these young fellows on the college campus and say, well, look, I've done more good than bad. When you stand before God and you try that, if God were to credit 100,000 good works to your account, it still wouldn't be enough. <laughs> Just you're going to fall short every darn time. Acts 16. 13, uh, no, Acts 13. Look at verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many were ordained to eternal life, believed. You know what you got to do to get eternal life? Believe. Not work. Not earn. Believe. Say, so, well, when you come to a new town, nobody knows who you are. You got no friends. You got no uh, 
you don't have a network. It's not like, you know, you go to a new place, not like you got 30, 40 years of people that you know. And so everybody's doing the dog sniff on you. And when you get into the ministry, here's what, it, it don't matter what you say, what you do, or, or everybody's looking at everything you do. Everything. And they'll say, well, were you ordained? And I, I, I would bring people to this verse. I said, yeah, when I believe in Lord Jesus Christ, I was. <laughs> I mean, is that good enough? Or is there something else that I got to do to make you happy? Look, you, all of us were ordained unto eternal life. You had an ordination day. <laughs> That's how important eternal life is to God. And it's believing on him. But that's how important. It's an ordination day. You were ordained unto eternal life the moment you believed. And you received God's free gift. It is not a wage. It is a gift. And dare I say, I hate to be a hair splitter. I guess that's kind of part of Because when you say, when you, when you always have to talk, there's only a matter of time until you tongue tie yourself or you say something you ought not to. But. Um, is it a free gift or is it freely given? You ever get a free gift and there's strings attached? <laughs> I'd rather have the gift freely given. <laughs> now, maybe that's hair splitting. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But all I know is come and claim your free appetizer and you got to spend 50 bucks to get it. So there's a string attached with God. There's no strings attached. You don't have to do anything to get the free gift. It is freely 100% given. Praise his name. All right, let's go over to Ephesians. Okay, Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 4. Verse number 30, here's what else happens. Uh, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, Ephesians 4.30, whereby you are sealed unto the day of Redemption. That day of redemption is going to be the resurrection of the body. You're sealed. You're sealed. Uh, Colossians 3 3. Let's go over to there. Keep flipping forward. You'll come to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Right after Philippians, you'll find Colossians, third chapter, and the third verse. The Bible says, For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You ever play hide and go seek, kids? You like to be. I, I used to love hide and seek. And if you're the oldest of six, you, you, you make it your life's effort at that age when you're young to be the best at hide and go seek. And uh, any kid that has ever played hide and seek can relate to that. You want to be the hider. Have nobody find you. Guess what? The devil can't out hide and seek God. Ain't going to happen. We're on the winning side. The devil cannot beat God at the hide and go seek game. If you're dead and your life is hid with Christ and God, the devil can't get to you. Your life is hid in Christ. No condemnation in you. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. All right. Let's see what we have in chapter one. Verse. Uh, let's start at verse number nine. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us 
in Christ before the world began. Do you have eternal life? Are you in Christ? Does eternal life go backwards? Which was given us in Christ before the world began. This eternal life thing covers that. Who hath saved us. That's Jesus Christ. Hath called us with the holy calling. And I want to point out two more things in, in verse number nine. Look at not according to our works. Contrasted with but according to his own purpose and grace. You got one hand. And, 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 and young ones put your hand up like this. You got well, on this hand, you've got works. On this hand, you've got grace. Which is it that you want? Well, I want to work my way. You want to work your way because you're young enough to think that you're actually going to live forever. <laughs> it's grace. Magnify grace. I'm going to give you the secret to witnessing. People say, well, I could never hold a scripture sign because somebody might come up and talk to me. I can never pass out a gospel track because if I do, somebody might want to talk to me. I can never leave something on the on the on the uh, on the tip table after a restaurant because I'm afraid that the waitress or the waiter might talk to me. I can never open air preach because I'm afraid somebody will come up and talk to me. I'm going to give you the secret on how to deal with all of that. This is all you have to do. Hold out both hands and say works and grace. Okay, you don't do I mean you do this mentally in your head and you just keep downplaying works and you keep magnifying God's grace and you can't go wrong. You can't. You don't know what to say. You don't know what verse to go to. You just magnify grace, magnify grace. Get all the verses that you can on grace and put a little note in your Bible or put a little thing in your wallet or put a little thing in your first and you'll never fall short grace of god grace 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 let's go to first peter first john let's get that first peter and first john first peter chapter one bible says verse number four to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. But we got to keep it. Oh, okay. Verse five. Who are kept by the power of God? Well, we have to do. We have to. We're kept by the power of God if we do. If we do good works and if we really show that we're no. We're kept by the power of God through what? Through works? No. Through faith and the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then get any clearer than First Peter chapter one. The inheritance is incorruptible. No corruption can take it and rust it out. It fades not away. It's not like you got to get your paint job on your truck. It's faded and you got to go and get it buffed and all. It doesn't happen to your eternal security, your salvation. You've got a reservation and God's not canceling the reservation. Coronavirus isn't going to cancel the hotel. It might have canceled some hotels and reservations are gone. Flights are gone. That's not going to happen with the reservation that you and I have in Christ, in heaven, with God. Not going to happen. Why? Because you're kept by the power of God. Not by the power of you. 
Welcome to Modern Mockery Christianity. These preachers, they don't know their Bible from third base. And they're convincing people that they need to work for it to keep it. And it's just, they're just wrong. They're 100% wrong. There's nothing you can do to keep it. Now, you want to keep fellowship with me? I want to keep fellowship with you. You want to keep fellowship with your spouse? You want to keep fellowship with your neighbor and your friends? Yeah, you better do some good works. <laughs> Nothing worse than a Christian that wants to come in and, you know, then start mooching off of all the sweet Christians that are faithfully attending. There could be some fellowship problems there. But if that guy trusted Christ, he don't lose his salvation. He's still got a reservation in heaven. He just might not have a reservation in the first row. Amen. Yeah, like they used to say, can I get a witness? Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you can lose some stuff, but you can't lose your, your salvation. You're eternally secure. I need some more amens to make sure I know that. You, okay. Everybody knows. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thank you. I know we're small in number. We got to make it look on the internet land like we got a big crowd. Right. We got... <laughs> First John chapter three. First John chapter three. You're not worldly if you say amen, amen. All right. First John chapter three, verse number twenty. The Bible says, "For if our heart condemn us, well, that's me every day. <laughs> I mean, I thought it would get better if you get into the ministry. Now I don't. You just feel more like a you know a pile of dirt." Because you're trying to do something for God and you know you can't measure up. And when he does something good for you, you're like, why are you doing that to me, God? I mean, you on the other side of it, the, perspe the perspective is different. Before, you're like, yeah, you know, I studied the Bible. and I went to Bible school and I sacrificed a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I think I'm cool. I'm ready for the ministry. Amen. And, you know, God opens doors. And Well, once the door is open and you're on the other side of the door, you're like, well, wait a minute. Why in the world would God want to use me? And you look back in your life the previous week and you're like, man. God still wants to use me despite of that and that and that and that. God keeps you. And when your heart condemns you, guess what the Bible says? God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Praise his name. First John chapter 5, verse 13. First John 5, verse 13. But these things. Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. Let me say that again. That ye may know. Let me say that again. That ye may know. Amen. That ye have. I can lose it life. No. You can have eternal life, eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name, in case you missed it, of the Son of God. First John chapter 5, verse number 4, jot that down in your mind, write it down in your little note, go to that verse, first John chapter 5, verse 4, let's read it again together, everybody together, first John chapter 5. Uh, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, 
that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse John chapter 5, just remember that. When you get there, you just scan through the verses, and you'll eventually get to it. And if not, you just read them the whole chapter. <laughs> right? You can't go wrong either way. First John chapter 5. All right. All right. Let's finish it out. Let's go over to the book of Jude. Let's look at verse 24 all the way at the end of the chapter of the book. However you want to say it. Bible says last verse for this morning. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. That's right. And to present you thoughtless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Amen. You, I'm telling you, you you follow me around long enough. You're going to find some faults. I follow you lo around long enough. I'm going to find some faults. But I'm telling you. The last two verses, now unto him that is able to keep you, God will keep us from falling. God will present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy because Jesus Christ is our advocate. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.